My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. During the next 20 minutes, you will learn about the courage and stamina and, yes, the faith in Christ that our founders had in establishing this congregation and how it continues to this day. The history of the church and surrounding communities has been preserved in books, documents, pictures, letters, and traditions over the years. One of the sources I am using today is the history of Zionstone Church, 1836 to 1936. The following paragraph is taken from that book. And this is the thing, I want you to listen very carefully because it amazes me every time I read it. It has been said that there are no institutions that are of greater service to a community and to the country as a whole than its churches. There are no institutions of greater service to a community and to the country as a whole than its churches. That was written in 1936. For from these sacred institutions have emanated powerful influences for the betterment of our land, both spiritually and materially. Some of the examples that I think about when uh, the institutions that were associated with the church early on were almost all schools or almost all churches. You just think locally of the church because Sacred Heart, St. Luke's, things like that. Those all emanated from churches. Some of you may have a copy of this book, either in hardcover or softcover. It was originally printed in 1936 to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the church, 100th anniversary of the church building. This this is not the original building. It was torn down and rebuilt in 1836 and increased in size because the church needed a larger building. So 1936 was the 100th anniversary of the building of this particular edifice. And it was also reprinted in 1971 to commemorate the 200th anniversary. And again, I thank God because I'm, going, I'm hoping to be old enough to live through this year, and I, I was also here in 1971. Ugh, long time ago. <laughs> As is stated in the, introduction, in the introduction to this book, in order to preserve in printed form for future generations the outstanding events of the church, the Joint Church Council in October 1934, when, you, when I use that phrase, Joint Church Council, you have to remember 1936, this was a combination of a, a Lutheran Protestant church and a Reformed Protestant church. They shared the building. That, that it was decided by the Joint Church Council that a history of the church be published in 1936, the 100th anniversary of the building of the present church edifice. As an interesting side, a patron list was created whereby people could buy a copy of this book by paying $1.25. I don't think you could get this even at a a flea market for $1.25. Anyway, another source of information are historical books prepared by Larry Oberly, a local historian living in Allen Township. 
So these, I'm taking a lot from both of these books and trying to make uh, a, a statement here. But to begin talking about the history of the church, we must first look at the life, culture, and faith of the people of this community of 250 years ago. What I'd like you to do right now, to get you kind of in the mood uh, and, and understand what this truly was like, if you're sitting in your living room or if you're sitting somewhere in your house, look out your window. You probably see a neighbor, you see another neighbor's house relatively close by. In 250 years ago, if you looked out the window, you saw nothing. You saw nothing but trees, forests, maybe some land that has been actually cultivated and they were using to raise crops. But your closest neighbor probably was miles away. It's hard to imagine trying to survive in that type of environment, not being able to see anybody unless you got onto a horse and rode 15, 20 minutes to be able to go over and you know, have a cup of coffee or just talk. It, it was a major, it took a major commitment to see your neighbors. The people of this time were brave and courageous, endured many hardships as they prepared their homesteads. Their faith in God provided them the will to persevere. Think of how the land looked. Forests, rivers, valleys, mountains, streams, wildlife, various tribes of Indians who lived here prior to the emigrants settling here. There were many challenges for sure. The township that this building is sitting on presently is Allen Township, and it was established on June 25, 1748, and consisted of about 29,000 acres. Northampton County was established four years later in 1752. Around that time in this area, there were Scot Scottish-Irish Presbyterians, Mennonites, and three small German Reformed and Lutheran congregations, Lutheran Christian congregations. These three German Reformed and Lutheran congregations were the beginning of our church. One church was located at Indian Creek in Howersville. And if you go directly north, five miles, you go down across, across 248 and continue along, straight along that road, the church was off to the left-hand side. Uh, there's, there's a tradition that says, says it was uh, the first road that goes off to the left, it crosses Indian Creek, and there was Joost Dreisbach uh, Mill, and that the church was located close by. And the other thing, one of our early founding fathers was uh, Simon Dreisbach. He owned that mill. So that, that was up in Howersville, about, about five miles north of this location. The second church was located at Lehigh Gap, and I'm pointing in that direction over there, near Palmerton, about five miles west of here. Now, everyone knows that there is an Indian town, Indian land church located along 248, and at one time that was a sister church of ours. But that was not in 1771, that's not the church. The church was further down towards Palmerton, down towards Lehigh Gap. So that, that was the other group. And the other one uh, was, a third church was, was in Moore Township, near Petersville. Now, we're going like this, but Petersville is up near this, and I don't know exactly, but I'm, uh, the only thing that I could find out is that that church was located where Emmanuelsville, Peter, our Petersville church is located now, which is a Lutheran, a Lutheran church. 
These congregations were small and scattered and could not support a full-time pastor. Frustration was a regular occurrence when a congregation would gather. I imagine this is difficult. We're going to have church this Sunday, so everyone spreads the word. There's no, there's no Instagram. There's no DM. There's no Facebook. That you, if you wanted to tell somebody that we're going to have church, it was an effort to get out and, and let people know that you have church. So frustration became a regular occurrence when a congregation would gather for a worship service and the minister would not show up. Or sometimes they would preach a message contrary to their faith. A passage from this book, A History of the Stone Church, reads, the congregations had to put up with roaming, independent men pretending to be preachers who partly through their crude ignorance and partly through their immoral lives did more harm than good to the spread of the kingdom of Christ and the upbuilding of our German Protestant congregations. In other words, in 1770, there were some pretty savory characters pretending to be ministers of the Word of God. I wonder if we still have that today <laughs> in some churches. I hope not. But again, from the book, the upright members of these congregations who had the welfare of Zion, that's why Sandy read about Zion, they had the, and that's part of our name, you know, Zion Stone Church, the welfare of Zion at heart lamented this state of religion and thought out ways and means to remedy the evil. This leads to the question, where does the word Zion come from and what does it mean for our church? The word Zion is mentioned over 150 times in the Old Testament and New Testament. In the context of the Bible, Zion is referred to as the city of Jerusalem as well as the land of Israel. Psalm 87 verse two says, the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, the city of Zion. Mount Zion is the high hill where King David built a citadel. It essentially means fortification and has the idea of being raised up. And one of the traditions, or I don't know, folklore of this is that they built the building of stone so they could use it as a fortification if they were ever attacked. So the original church was built of stone and they used that word Zion as a fortification also. Knowing this, we can understand why our church forefathers felt the importance of using the word Zion in their plan to build a church and preserve their Christian faith. From Isaiah 28, 16, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with pain. In this case, the stone that they're talking about there is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was the foundation of Zion. By 1771, Allen Township was mostly settled by immigrants from England, but soon there was a rapid growth of German settlers in the area, many who were fleeing wars in, in Europe. By some estimates, there were approximately 65,000 German immigrants that had settled in Pennsylvania. And one of the reasons that I, in my research, one of the reasons that they loved Pennsylvania so much is it reminded them of their homeland the hills, the valleys, the mountains, the forests, so on and so forth. For example, Germantown near Philadelphia was the first established settlement for these German immigrants. Others were looking for freedom to practice their Christian faith and were concerned about the religious instruction of their youth. So these three German Protestant congregations, Petersville, Howardstown, Howardsville, and Indian Land, 
along with the German, along with the many German settlers that, that had now had moved into this area in Allen Township, were called together to unite into one congregation to build a stone church. This gave the church its name, which it still retains to this day. This church was to be along King's Highway. That's the road over here. This was King's Highway. It's now Cridersville Road. And if you cross the township, it becomes Walnut Drive. And between Colonel Crider's house, Colonel Crider's house is back in Crider'sville. It's on the corner of uh, Indian Trail Road and Crider'sville Road. And near the township line between Allen and Lehigh. Lehigh at that time, Lehigh Township was called Leha, which was the, the German version of uh, Lehigh Township. Actually, the, the borderline for Allen and Lehigh passes through the church property across the street, for example. Across the street, the sexton's home is in Allen Township, and the line passes behind his home, and the barn behind the property that we just repaired, and again, thank you for your support of that, uh, is, is in Lehigh Township. A building committee was established for these three congregations, and a decision was made to purchase two acres of land from Peter Freed, a local landholder, at a cost of three pounds sterling. And again, you have to, why sterling? Our country didn't exist. The, 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 the money that was used were, was pound sterling. And I looked it up, that's about $4. They bought two acres for $4. I'll buy any two acres for $4. <laughs> At that meeting, those in attendance were asked to pledge money to support the building of a new church. They collected so much money, they were able to begin the building process immediately. Another meeting was called to issue contracts to start the, the construction. Yay, everyone, the crowd goes, they're excited. They have enough money, we can build this church, we can come together and we can form a unified congregation where we can support our own minister. At that meeting, the Indian land, and now they're gonna, they're gonna issue the contracts. At that meeting, the Indian land congregation sent a letter, they didn't come by themselves, they sent a letter, suddenly withdrawing from the project. They had decided to build a new church for themselves and consequently withdrew their support and of course their money from this endeavor. That created a problem. Now all of a sudden they lost 25% of their pledges that, that they were looking for that they could count on. In March of 1771, the congregations of Petersville and Howersville, along with the German residents of Allen Township, decided to continue with this project. They hoped that by, and this is out of the book, they hoped that by relying on their faith in God, being thankful for all God's blessings, and uniting their wills to continue, would be sufficient to carry out their plans. Two men were assigned the task of requesting additional pledges. How would you like to have been those guys? They actually had it now, okay, we don't have enough money. I'm coming you to you the second time now. Two men were assigned the task of requesting additional pledges from the remaining members. Paraphrased from the book. The Lord looked down with pleasure upon the work which was so enthusiastically done to his glory as well as for their benefit and progress for their descendants, and God crowned their efforts with single success. They had the joy to see that in a very short period of time, so much was pledged that they could not only confidently begin, but also successfully complete the building. Their hearts were filled with joy and gratitude, and they exultantly cried out, this, and they did this, 
all in one voice. The Lord has helped us. In his name, we have begun the work. In his name, we shall continue it. And under his blessing, we will finish it. The name of the Lord, our God, be praised. The name of the Lord, our God, be praised. It was decided to make the building 46 feet long and 36 feet wide, roughly half the size of our current building. And as I've said, in 1836, they replaced the building and they made it 50 by 60. So that's roughly twice the amount of square footage that we have here today as what they had in 1772. Construction began on April 1772. On June 18, 1772, the cornerstone was solemnly laid with prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. A cornerstone still exists in our church, uh, and our church building foundation is located to the right of our front door. That cornerstone is, though, to commemorate the building of the bell tower, which we'll talk about, in, at, I'm hoping, in future, in future uh, occurrences of this, in 1919. There is also a cornerstone at the rear of the church, and that says 1836 is when this building was built. The original cornerstone that was laid in 1772 uh, had in it a New Testament, a German catechism, a German Lutheran catechism, and a German Reformed catechism. I'd love to see that. I have no idea what happened to that cornerstone, but probably when it was rebuilt. Maybe it's down here in this one. I have no idea. There's no way to know what, what's in that. The building was completed seven months later in November of 1772 at a cost of 399 pounds sterling, about 564 U.S. dollars today. So, and, and, and was consecrated to the glory of the triune God on November 15th, 1772. I find it interesting that they used the word consecrated, which to me has a, 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 a deeper meaning than dedicated. When we look back 250 years on the early history of our church, we're inspired by the courage, dedication, and faith of the men and women who established this church. Their continuous prayers and praise to God was a testament to their trust in God's grace and his everlasting love. In conclusion, your prayers and support for this church during this past year have been remarkable. And because of that support, we will brave the future. The Lord has helped us. In his name, we have begun the work. In his name, we shall continue it and under his blessing, we will finish it. The name of our Lord, our God, be praised. Amen. Gracious God, we give thanks as we celebrate the 250th anniversary of Zion Stone and the journey that started so many years ago. We celebrate all the joys that have been birthed in these 250 years. We celebrate all the happy times all the accomplishments and all the triumphs. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us, for acknowledging that we have been and will continue to be struggles and heartaches, yet we have traveled together under your protection and love. Thank you, Lord, for being with us in good times and bad. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to protect us 
guide us, and sustain us. We thank, we thank you, Lord. We pray that you will deepen within each of us a sense of gratitude for the many sacrifices that were made for us by those who have gone before us and thereby find the parish a place of refreshment and strength. May we continue to see by faith the needs of those around us and the needs of those who come after us and do all that is possible to show them our witness in word and deed, all the riches of life with Christ. We thank you, Lord. Gracious God, as we celebrate our past and rejoice in the present, we also look forward with eager eyes to the future. We pray that you would continue to make your love known among us. Give us a zeal for mission. Help us to look beyond our walls to those who do not know you. Make this church a blessing to those around us and embolden us to move forward with strength toward what lies ahead. We thank you, Lord. For your presence here, wherever two or three have gathered in your name. We thank you, Lord. For our new life in baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. For the pardon of our sins when we fall short. We thank you, Lord. For the Holy Eucharist in which we have a foretaste of your eternal kingdom. We thank you, Lord. For the faith of those who have gone before us and for the encouragement by their perseverance. We thank you, Lord. For all of the benefactors of this place who have died in the peace of Christ and are at rest. We thank you, Lord. For all those who worship here with our clergy, elders, consistory, and committee members. We thank you, Lord. Oh God, from living and chosen stones, you prepare an everlasting dwelling place for your majesty. Grant that in the power of the Holy Spirit, those who serve you here may always be kept within your presence. This we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. If you have a few minutes, I'd like to ask you to go to gofundme.com slash zionstonechurchrepairfund. Our bell tower is in need of some major renovation and repairs, and we could use whatever help you're able to give to us. If you'd like to find out more about us, check us out on our Facebook page, Zion Stone UCC, or on our website, zionstoneucc.com. Thanks again for listening. I pray that these sermons will continue to strengthen you in your walk with Jesus Christ, and may the blessings of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you.